Elmer Wayne Henley has been in prison since 1974 for his participation in the Houston mass murders. Henley has applied for compassionate release for unknown reasons. Family of his victims are asking authorities to deny his release. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Uh, it's good. Welcome to the meeting. I... Right. Welcome is... to the squad meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I have Dutch, so... Oh, wow. You know. I have tea. Now it's way too night late at night to be drinking this, but... I know. I was like, you have Dutch now? I know. Because we're actually recording at 930 at uh, night, but um, I don't know because we love it. We don't have a Dutch in our town. So when we go to the town that has the Dutch, you get the Dutch. That's how it well, goes. So Okay. True. True, true. I don't make I the rules. I would do that too if I didn't live here. I do yeah. live here. So I just go to the Dutch. <laughs> but also my huge order of crystals from Highland Gems came today. Yes. And I really cleaned up. This is an amethyst sphere that's just cool. Oh, it is cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. I won't show it all to you guys because that's not even what the show is about. But there's a lot of cool stuff in this. Oh, yeah. The flower agate hearts. <clears throat> so pretty. Yeah. Last thing. <gasps> the man in the moon. Isn't oh, him handsome? It's so so cute. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll show more of them to you guys, uh, probably on a different show. But anyway, <laughs> you know, we're rate, crystal freaks, though. So I'm in more crystal heaven than normal. So wow, that's pretty impressive. Kind of hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is our Wednesday episode, and this whole show could be deemed WTF. And truly. Uh, yeah, truly, it could. So uh, this is Wednesday, the WTF episode. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, Katie, I know you're going to kick it off with some mm -hmm. WTF news. Yes. If we had an Oh, Utah segment, it would have been that. We don't, <laughs> but we really probably should. Maybe we need an Ugh, Utah of, of Utah. Utah. <laughs> or why Utah? Yeah. Why? Because this definitely falls into why. It Which, sure does. You know, after sitting through uh, Lori Vallow's uh, hearing this morning and watching her laughing and leering and <sighs> smirking and getting in the police car to leave, looking like a celebrity, smiling at the press. Uh, why am I talking about that? Because this is like that. So creepy. Well, Ooh. it is. And it's, we're back to the same kind of uh, weird letting religion or spirituality run amok and turn you into a crazy person. Mm -hmm. Meet this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, return missionary wannabe, maybe. I don't know what to call him. I mean, he's wearing the, he's certainly wearing the outfit. He really is. His name is Christian tale and christian is a murderer 
unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Actually, what Christian has done is really horrifying. So Christian murdered two men in Utah, in Springville. Oh, dear. So he beat up a man named Ryan Hooley, who's 49, in a shopping center parking lot in Spanish Fork, uh, unprovoked. Just beat the crap out of him. Yeah. And and stabbed him to death. God. And then he went to Ogden and beat another man uh, before hanging him with a rope inside of a gym. My God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <sighs> the police are dumbfounded about why this kid what the hell, right? Well, guess what? He says it is because he was directed by a higher power to purge the city. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. To purge what city? Well, I mean, this happened in Springville, but I'm thinking Salt Lake, you know, probably the Salt Lake Valley. Right. Like the city. Well, didn't it happen in Ogden and Spanish Fork? Like, those yeah. Are two different cities. I, but I, I guess know. Salt Lake Valley. Are you really trying to apply reason to the unreasonable? No, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I am only thinking of geography, but really, it's kind of all one big city. It, it is. is. I'm guessing it's like the whole uh, Cache Valley, maybe? I don't know. But that's what he has told police, that he did these things because he was directed by God to purge the city. Um, there was no rhyme or reason as to why he killed the people that he did. He just did. Mm. Which is so sad and horrifying for their families. But it's also really freaking concerning because we just keep seeing this and not just out of, you know, Mormons, although this kid I'm going to assume is Mormon, but, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I was thinking about Lori Vallow to tie that together if none of that made sense. But uh, <laughs> we're seeing this out of all kinds of religious extremism and it's yes. really concerning. It you is. know, We've we just covered the Muslim uh, serial killer case this week. Yeah, you yeah, know, we've seen a bunch of other uh, religious extremism recently that's caused uh, the deaths of people. It is really concerning. I, I think the takeaway is if someone in your life is saying stuff like this, is acting this way, rather than try to reason with them, assume they're not actually harmless, you should assume they are harmful. At this point, you cannot take anything for granted. And sometimes calling the police is the best thing you can do to get somebody help. And I'm not saying that his family let him down or anything like that. I have no idea. But what I know is it seems like too often in cases like this, people look back and go, oh, yeah, he'd been posting weirdest shit on Facebook. Oh, yeah, he had been telling me for weeks that he felt like he needed to just start wiping the evil out of here or whatever. It happens all the time. So, yeah. As usual, we're back to the same old mantra. If you see something, say something, mm -hmm. even if it's someone you love. Because, mm -hmm. you know, this this kid, he had a psych eval and now he's being held in the Weaver County Jail and he's going to prison for a long time. And maybe had he gotten psychiatric intervention before, he wouldn't be in this position and two people wouldn't be dead. Right. Then again, maybe not. But again... You, we have got to be better keepers. And if you see mm -hmm. something, please yeah. say something. So often, yeah, there were signs. You look back and there were signs. But it's like we're not learning from this. 
We're not no. learning from it. You know, the school shooters all do this. They all mm. give everyone around them a pretty good idea of what they're going to do before they do it. But no one yeah. asks. Mm-hmm. And I, it's stigma. It's it's stigma mm-hmm. of mental health. It's not wanting to rock the boat or not wanting to be wrong, you know, mm-hmm. pissing someone off. The thing yeah. is, it literally can save people's lives. Yep. And so, you know, somebody being mad for a while is really not that important when it comes to actually saving people from being murdered. For sure. Because, yes, people are willing to take that next step. They're doing it right and left. Yeah. I think the other thing, too. The epidemic or- right now. Oh, entirely. But I think the other takeaway from all of this is to recognize that everybody thinks that their person wouldn't do this. Yes. Every time there's something like this, the people in their lives go, oh, yeah, I mean, these things had been said and done, but I didn't really think you'd do something like this. Well, nobody does. Nobody does. Nobody does. That's so true. But if there's a threat made, yeah, better safe than sorry every time. And again, I'm not saying that his family did or didn't know. I don't know that. But uh, we're just seeing it too much. So just yeah, just sure. that point that needs to be made a million times for all of us. Because that's a mm-hmm. hard thing to do for any of us. It, well, it is a big ask. But It is. It is. But the responsibility of each of us mm-hmm. to protect our communities is, mm-hmm. you know. Enormous. It is. Enormous. Yep. Well, on that note, uh, I know we have more bonkers here to come tonight, so I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Yes. This is Elmer Wayne Henley. You might know who he is. I didn't until I researched this case. This is a very famous case, but it's an old, old case. But it has become relevant recently. So Elmer Wayne Henley was a participant in some murders in Houston, Texas, in like between 1970 and 1973, known as the Houston Mass Murders. Hmm. At that time, somewhere around 29 teenage boys and young men were abducted, tortured, raped and murdered. Oh, no. And those murders were committed by a serial killer named Dean Coral. Okay. Um, so Henley was kind of one of um, Dean's henchmen. There was another, another man, uh, David Owen Brooks. Okay. They were both teenagers at the time. Uh, their job was uh, to lure victims to Dean Coral's home. Now, Coral had told Henley that these people were being sold into sex trafficking. This was okay. in the early 1970s. Hmm. Did you know that was going on then? Because it sure was. However, I think it's always not... been going on. Yeah, but that is not actually what Coral was doing. He was raping and torturing and murdering these people. But for a while, Henley didn't know that. Okay. He was a 17-year-old kid. He was an idiot, you know? He didn't know. Not like, sorry, not all 17-year-old kids are idiots. I just mean, you know. I don't don't think that's true. I I think that all 17-year-old kids are idiots in some ways. Okay. Yeah. No offense. No offense. It's just There you go. So... 
eventually Henley, you know, discovers what Coral is doing, which is torturing and raping these these young men and then murdering them and burying them in several different locations. Oh, Lord. Well, everything sort of came to a head one day when Coral had decided that Henley had become a liability and he brought a girl around, which was, you know, Coral didn't want anything to do with girls. And so he was very mad at Henley. And so he was tying up to uh, all this young man and the girl and Henley, uh, you know, because Henley was about to become a victim. Mm-hmm. Well, in this scuffle, Henry Henley got a hold of Coral's gun and shot and killed him. Oh. He then called the police mm-hmm. and admitted to everything he had been involved in. Wow. So David Brooks was arrested. Henley was arrested. Coral was dead, fortunately, Mm -hmm. for everyone. Mm -hmm. So Henley was not charged with Coral's murder. They found it to be uh, Mm self-defense. What he was charged with, though, was um, the the murders of the six individuals that Henley had brought to Coral. Mm-hmm. Henry was Henley was paid $200 per person to bring these people to Coral and uh, David Brooks the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was, I'm not going to give you all the deeds because it's very complicated, but he did go to trial for these, for the murders of these six people that he basically, you know, colluded with Coral to do. Sure. So he was indicted on August 13th of 1973. Um, A grand jury indicted him. Okay. And Brooks. And they did actually have um, the, the two, the two kids that uh, were saved when Henley shot Coral uh, were there to testify about Mm -hmm. what happened and all, you know, all of that. So, Eventually, Henley goes to trial in San Antonio in July of 1974. He's charged with the murders of these six teenage boys. And he is convicted. Mm -hmm. Uh, They convict him um, of all six counts. And they give him 99 years in prison for each of the six murders. So he goes to... uh, prison of course um brooks is also convicted in his own trial good um he he was actually only convicted for one murder but he did um go to prison for life and he Mm -hmm. died of COVID 19 in may of 2020 oh wow so henley actually appealed his conviction and it was overturned in 1978. So they had to try him again. There were, you know, it was procedural stuff. Sure. So um, in 1979, he was convicted again of all six murders and given six consecutive life terms again. Mm -hmm. He has been um, eligible. He started becoming eligible for parole in 1980 
and he's always been denied parole. Mm -hmm. uh, family members of the people killed by Coral um, consistently show up yeah. and talk about how they do not want him out. Mm -hmm. So what just started happening is that Henley's attorney filed for compassionate release wow. on the part of Henley. Mm -hmm. And of course, everyone freaked out. Mm -hmm. So how old is Henley now? He's 60, 60s, mid 60s. Mm -hmm. He, we don't know why, because this is like medical records. And so that sure. part is protected. We don't know why he applied for it. Generally, people convicted of first degree murder don't get compassionate release. Mm -hmm. There's been all of this um, argument going back and forth because when he was convicted in the 1978, the second time around, mm -hmm. um, they didn't say that he would never be eligible for parole. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he never has been all this time. And mm -hmm. so, so basically they're saying there's a reason medically and, his sentence didn't say. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. That he could never be paroled, right? Right. The, the, the thing that's weird is that he was convicted so long ago, laws have changed many times in Texas. And sure. so his attorneys are saying it's not fair to hold him to um, the accountability of current laws. It has to be based on what he was convicted under, right? Yeah. So as you can imagine, the uh, surviving family members of... Henley, Coral, and Brooks's victims. Um, and I see we're getting a little puppy action there. Um, you know, they've been, there's been a major outcry. How can this, how can you even consider letting this person out? And it's, I will tell you that um, just today, I think, today or yesterday, a judge ruled that he will not be considered for early release. This was, yeah, this was yesterday. A judge ruled that they will not consider him for early release. But I found this case really interesting because it is something to think about. Um, he was 17 when he was originally convicted on these charges. He has been in prison his entire adult life. And I'm not minimizing what he did in any way. It is just... It's interesting to look at cases like this when someone was a minor, when they were convicted, when so many um, law changes have happened between the time that he was convicted in the 70s to now. You know, is there ever a reason to allow someone like him compassionate release? Now, we unfortunately know firsthand about compassionate release because our grandfather went to prison very briefly in the late 80s for uh, molesting a minor. 
And he was given compassionate release after he only served six months. He had a five yeah. to 10 year sentence. Yeah. He only served six months and was given compassionate release because he had emphysema and diabetes and he was mm-hmm. a sick old man, you know, mm-hmm. which meant they just handed him back to the family. Here you go. Yeah. Deal with this asshole. So yeah. this case was interesting to me because of mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and of course it was a different deal with her grandfather, but still yeah. this idea of compassionate release is out there. Yeah. Um, you know, we just saw a case in Idaho recently where, um, yeah, they were, they were seeking clemency for a man mm-hmm. who's dying, who's mm-hmm. been on death row since the eighties and has mm-hmm. not ever been, um, executed, but now mm-hmm. is dying of pancreatic cancer. And so they they weren't even asking for compassionate release. They were asking for clemency that they not execute him and just let him die in prison. He did get that. Um, so there, it is something to consider over time that these people that, you know, they're murderers. He was the word serial killer or the term serial killer didn't even exist right. when he and these other two men did what they did. Mm-hmm. But to look at it, you know, moving forward, they are human beings. Yeah. And, and what, what rights do they have, you know, when it comes to severe illness or injury or something? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a tough discussion. It um, is. And he was so young. He was so young. Mm. This is a hard one. It is a hard one. Partially, I think it's hard because we don't know what the reason for asking for a compassionate release was. Right. Um, but also, it seems like he is paying for the crimes of someone else. I mean, not that he mm-hmm. doesn't didn't deserve time, but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn on this one. You know, Coral never served his time. Brooks mm-hmm. did. You know, mm-hmm. and what what a thing to be in prison since the mid seventies and die of COVID nineteen in twenty twenty. You know, right? Yeah. So that. The ruling was made yesterday that um, mm-hmm. the, the judge is not going to allow Henley to seek compassionate release. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, he can go for parole again in 2025. He'll be 69 mm-hmm. at that point. Um, again, probably not going to get it, you know? Yeah, it sounds like no. But to participate in the absolutely horrendous stuff that he did participate in. Right. You know, should he ever see the light of day? You know, is the community ever going to be safe from this person? I mean, yes. I feel like the answer to that is yes. But then again, I think about that serial killer in New York who has been in prison two or three times for crimes and just killed somebody else and went back to prison again. Yeah. After serving their entire sentence. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well, maybe not. I don't I know. I think even about our grandfather who did mm-hmm. reoffend. Did reoffend. Yeah. Did reoffend and ended up locked up in an Alzheimer's unit, in a locked Alzheimer's unit for the rest mm-hmm. of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it does definitely beg the question. You know mm-hmm. what? What kind of humanity do we afford individuals mm-hmm. like this? But also, how do we protect the community? Yeah. And you know the the family members of his victims. We're like, how can you possibly even think of ever letting this person out? 
Yeah. So there's a, yeah, it's a lot. And you can't blame them for that. Yeah. No, you certainly can't. So it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, something I think that we, I think that we always need to be uncomfortable with the, with the criminal justice system. Yes. We should never feel comfortable with it because that means that it doesn't change and grow and we need it to change and grow. Yes. And, and we always have to be questioning things like mm-hmm. um, life without parole, mm-hmm. the death penalty. Mm-hmm. We always have to be questioning these things, you know, mm-hmm. we should never Definitely. get complacent. And so this case made me, it just made me want to share it with you because it mm-hmm. is, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. It's an mm-hmm. uncomfortable thing to think about. What do we do with someone who maybe has been in prison for their entire adult life and is now mm-hmm. dying, which is probably mm-hmm. the case here. He I am assuming that's it, yeah. or something and he's dying, mm-hmm. you know, does he deserve to be released? Or should he die in prison? So. I don't know. Because we do know that here in the United States, we love putting people in prison. You know? We do. Yeah. And and keeping them there as long as we can. And unfortunately, part of that has become, well, most of that has become a huge financial machine. Yes. You know? And so Mm -hmm. I I think all of these questions should be asked. And it should be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I agree with that entirely. It should be uncomfortable. But we should always remember that we're talking about human beings, not just as the victims, but also everyone else involved. I I know. It's right. a hard one. Because... And I know some of you guys are going to comment on this segment and say, absolutely not. Burn in hell. You have to stay in prison. And I get it, too. But then I think about the 17-year-old kids I know yeah. that are in undoubtedly idiots mm-hmm. that could get sucked into something terrible by older people like this, that right. do they deserve to spend their entire lives in prison? Right. I don't know. I'm uncomfortable with this one for sure. Mm-hmm. I am too. I also have questions about, you know, if, if a lifer is dying, do we need to have hospices for inmates? You know? And, yeah. Because, we don't want to be worse than the serial murderers. You know, we don't want to torture anyone. You know, the, the goal Mm -hmm. here is that our society stays Mm -hmm. above this kind of behavior. And this is where, when you're responsible for another human being and for their life, Mm -hmm. as we are when they're in prison, how do we make sure that we maintain our humanity? Yeah. So just an interesting one. Please discuss it mm-hmm. in the comments. Yeah. You know, every, everybody's viewpoint is welcome. Absolutely. And valid. It's, yeah. You know, when he was convicted is during, it's during the time that the death penalty was illegal federally. Uh-huh. So, cause you know, this is a Texas case and, mm-hmm. you know, had this case been a little bit older, it certainly would have been a death penalty case. Texas the time, loves putting people to death. Yeah. They do. So, but at the time. Well, the men, not women, illegal. men, yeah, but yeah. Men. So, you know, things have changed a lot in the time that he's been in prison. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just wanted to share it with all of you because it is an interesting one. It does make you think. Mm-hmm. Obviously he did some horrendous things and much love to the families of his victims and of Coral's victims. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. Oh, insane. It's been and, awful. You know, at no point do I ever want to be minimizing that. No. But there you have it. 
Okay. Well, a lot to think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, Katie, I know that you're going to wrap us up with a little more WTF news. (laughs) It's what we do. Oh, Texas. (laughs) Oh, this is more Texas. (laughs) Yeah, we probably also need a, oh, why Texas? Why? Segment, but that's okay. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about a man named Edward Peter LeClaire. Edward Peter LeClaire was charged with five counts of sexual assault against a minor. Uh, He's 57 years old. He, this has been dragging on for quite some time, uh, but he was finally found guilty last week in Denton County of five counts of child sex assault. And as the judge started to read the guilty verdict, he had been out on bail. I want to make that clear and had come into court with a bottle of water, which people frequently do. You're allowed to do that water. Uh, Somebody said his water did look kind of cloudy, but nobody thought anything of it. Well, when the verdict was read, as the judge was reading out all five verdicts, and it was obvious that he was going to prison, Mm -hmm. he picked up his water bottle and he chugged it, guzzled the whole thing down. And the bailiff thought that was kind of weird. Mm -hmm. When it was done, they took him back to his cell. And shortly thereafter, uh, the bailiff decided to check on him because this was weird and he was vomiting and he was gray and they called 911 sent him to the hospital 45 minutes later he was dead and the prosecutor fully believes that he poisoned himself that mm-hmm. rather go to than go to prison he decided to just go ahead and check out right this minute mm-hmm. Uh, so the Emmy is still examining his body. So we don't have a toxicology report yet to know what he poisoned himself with, but they are really confident that this was the self-inflicted, uh, poisoning to avoid going to prison, mm-hmm. uh, standing right there, yeah. just waiting. If I'm not guilty, I'm going to waltz out of here and do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. If I am guilty, I'm just going to kill myself here on the spot. Wow. And that's basically what he did. I wonder if this will change the you can bring your own water into the court policy. I'm thinking probably, yeah. 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 It's just not something that you would expect Mm -hmm. to happen. But holy cow. He actually bought the water from a vending machine at 7 a.m. at the courthouse. So he had something with him that he put in it. They think that he had cyanide with him, but again, they haven't uh, been able to uh, you know, fully determine that yet, but that's what they think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was facing up to a hundred years in prison. So wow. at 57, he was probably never getting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy. They also said that had he waited 30 more seconds, he would have been in the sheriff's custody and wouldn't have had access to that water bottle. I'm like sure he, he literally did it at the last second. Yeah, he knew he was just waiting for that moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So he was accused of raping a girl between 13 and 17 years old five times from 2016 to 2018. Oh, wow. 
And the victim did testify during the trial and shared a lot of really disturbing details that uh, got a guilty sentence. Mm-hmm. But so the poor victim has been traumatized by everything he did to her, right. traumatized again by having to come and testify against him in court, and again by his suicide. Yeah. Isn't that wow. horrifying? It is. It is. She did not deserve any of this. No. No, she didn't. It's pretty terrible. Yep. Wow. That's the, uh, his attorney says that uh, he thought when he started chugging that water, well, he's just getting really bad news, you know, so maybe his mouth just went dry. Mm-hmm. And also said his hand was shaking when he was drinking the water. But again, he was receiving really bad news. So he just didn't really think anything of it. Right. Yeah. 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 So the reason that they think that he used cyanide is because of the gray color, because uh, cyanide restricts your oxygen flow. And so oh, okay. that's why they're assuming that at this point. But again, there'll be toxicology, I'm sure, out sometime this week. But mm-hmm. what a deal. That is wild. On one hand, the Texas lawmaker or, law, or de- taxpayers won't have to support this man for the next however many years before he checks out. But on mm-hmm. the other, is this really what we want? I mean, I it's awful. Really awful. Yeah, it is. I, and also, I'm going to assume that Mr. LeClaire also has a family, you know, mm-hmm. who not only have been through the selfishness of the crimes he committed, and who knows what else at this point. Right. But then also this display. I, it's yeah. all, I, I feel terrible for his family. As well as for yeah. the victim and their family. I mean, all right. I mean, that's it's got to be traumatizing for everybody, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Wow. Yeah. So there you have it. Boy, that's terrifying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, this is our Wednesday episode. We will be back this evening at seven p.m. Mountain with our uh, case updates live stream. Mm-hmm. Also. Tonight, uh, right after our case up, updates live stream, we will have our monthly uh, true crime cold read party, which is part of our subscription on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so if you are a subscriber, you get to come to that exclusive live stream. You can throw old um, cases at us. We like to do cold cases. You share a little paragraph about what you know, and we will do a cold read and tell you what we think happened in that situation. So it's a lot of fun. We do this once a month. If you want to join us and have not joined our subscription, just go to the main page of True Crime Squad on YouTube, and there will be a button there that says join. Click on that. You will see what your options are. And when you are a member, you will be able to see that live stream. It's only streamed for members. And so no one else will be able to see it, but us and our group of members. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. We've talked about some very interesting cases. Some of those cases we've actually then brought out here onto the main channel and done a, done an episode on because, Mm -hmm. you know, interesting. I'm going to run out of true crime the way things are going. Yeah. So join us. And the way things have been. Yes. And the way things have been. (laughs) Well, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.